Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. Got a very informative program for you today. All right, listen, you're a farm person, you're a farm operator, you've been around this your whole life. Starting about a year or two, three years ago, you started hearing about carbon. Uh, companies that have sort of been around for a while, a couple of which we won't name, but I've wondered forever what they do. They send me cards, they solicit me on social media via ads, and I'm not sure what they do how they do it, why they want me. You're probably the same way. You're a farm person and you're saying, wait a minute, I, I've got all these acres. I hear that people are getting some sort of payments for sequestering carbon. How do I do that? How does the process work? Who pays me? How much will they pay me? Do I have to change my methods, my practices? Is this a government program? Those questions and more are going to be answered by our friends with Truterra here today on Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. Carbon Markers Demystified, Mariah Murphy is a member owner engagement uh, representative with Truterra. Mariah, talk to me. Let's start with the very beginning. Who's Truterra and what are you doing? Um, so Truterra is the sustainability arm of Land Lakes. okay? And what we do is we actually bridge the gap between all of our other sister business units. So you've heard of Winfield United, you've heard of Purina, um, you've heard of Land Lakes Dairy Foods and Food Service. And so what we really do is we bridge the gap on sustainability between all of those, all of those business units, okay? And we not only bridge the gap between those business units, but we're also working with farmers and ag retailers. Um, and we are bringing them sustainability options or an opportunity for them to provide a return on investment for all of their stewardship practices, things like no-till, things like cover crop addition. Um, we are kind of your one-stop shop for all things regenerative ag and sustainability. Trutera being an offshoot of Land O'Lakes, um, still a cooperative, right? Out of Minneapolis. Yeah. Right? Okay. And yeah. I, when I was eight years old, my first job on the dairy farm was mixing up uh, the milk replacer and feeding the dairy calves, bottle feeding the dairy calves. And it was Lando Lakes branded uh, milk replacer. I've been around Lando Lakes agricultural products since at least age eight. Um, they've been a client of mine. And I know that then there's the Winfield. They've been a client of mine. Uh, chemistry, proprietary, some generics, whatever. They're in distribution, right? Yeah. Now, what the hell are they doing in carbon? I thought this was for these green pieces and the Audubon Society. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, we get that question a lot, right? Why is Land Lakes investing in sustainability? Why are they, you know, investing in something that clearly, you know, up to this point is, is not something that they would normally invest in? And I would say that the answer is twofold. Um, number one, we are currently... Uh, city, all, Land Lakes products go across 90% of grocery store shelves. Okay. That's a really big deal. That means that we have the connectivity truly from a farmer to fork business. 
um, we truly are able to make that full life cycle analysis, that full chain from seed to fork. And that's a really big deal. Companies that are creating science-based target initiatives, okay, so those organizations that are making climate-based goals, um, they want to work with an organization that is just like Land Lakes that has that ability to connect uh, basically farmer to fork. And so I would say that's number one. Number two is that we believe that sustainable practices, we believe that the carbon market will provide an additional revenue stream, not only to our farmers, but also our ag, ag retailers and, and most importantly, our rural economies, okay? And so all of these organizations are gonna be investing in science-based target initiatives and in investing in climate smart commodities. Um, and so we definitely need to be a key player when it comes to all of those items. I, I get it that obviously your whole point is you, you, you've got everything from the seed to the chem to the feed, uh, you know, all the way up to stuff at the grocery store. And so this is, this is, and also it's, it's, it's everything's, everything's right now about environmentalism and what we can do to change the footprint of agriculture, et cetera. How does it work? I'm a farm person. I'm out here in Indiana. Let's just say I'm farming a couple thousand acres. Yeah, I buy some of your stuff. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm affiliated with a co-op that handles your sure. stuff here. Um, now what? Yeah. So the first thing, if you're if you're truly looking at carbon, okay, if you want to get enrolled into a carbon market, um, we have a survey that we will that's on our our landing page of our website, so truteraag.com. Uh, there's a carbon survey. <clears throat> Basically, you will take a 30 second survey. You will answer. It's literally five or six questions. And they will say to you, have you done X, Y, and Z? Based on your answers, if you have made a practice change within the last, um, within the last three years, you're eligible, okay? And what I mean by that is if you have incorporated cover crops, if you have reduced till, if you have went to no-till. I go to your website, Truterra, T-R-U-T-E-R-R-A.com. Ag, nope, truteraag.com. TerraAg.com. And then I, I complete this survey. It's not going to take me very long at all. And the things you just said that we're asking, Mariah, are practices. Uh, yeah. Acres. Go ahead. Yep. So basically, we're going to ask you very simple questions around your operation. Okay. And what I mean by that is we're going to ask you, when did you, um, you know, have you incorporated cover crops? And you're going to answer simply yes or no. We're going to ask you, you know, when was the last time um, that you did tillage on on uh, on that field, and you're going to basically say less than five years ago, more than five years ago, it's going to ask you an array of questions. Okay, we're going to ask you if you're interested in soil health assessments. We're going to ask you if you um, have reduced your overall nutrient management. Um, there's just a series of I think it's literally six or seven questions. It does not take you more than 30 seconds. We call it the 30 second survey for a reason. Um, it's really truly so we can segment growers that are eligible. It's no harm, no foul for taking the survey um, because you're not committing to anything. Sure. So <laughs> I take the survey and is it, do I need to be a customer already? Do I need to be buying your stuff already? No, so that's the good thing about Truterra, right? Is that we have the right to operate. We are working with farmers that work with our ag retailers within our Truterra network of 50 ag retailers that we, that we support. Um, and then we are also working with farmers that come to us kind of independently, okay? And so that's the joy of, of working with the Truterra network is that you can work with an ag retailer that's aligned with us, 
or you can just come to us kind of independently and you can do do your own thing. And so um, we will take any farmer that wants to participate. Okay, anybody can, can do this. I take the survey, turns out you like what I have to say that I say, yeah, um, I'm reduced tillage. Um, I do, I don't do any cover crops, but um, I, uh, I, I, I'm considering doing them, uh, but I want to do this. Then what happens? Yeah. So if you, if you have done those practices. What if I, what if I haven't done any of those though, right? What if I, <laughs> what if I say, I still have a moldboard plow. I go out there and I moldboard plow in the fall. And then I disc it three times, just beat the hell out of the ground, just like we did in 1975. And I, uh, I, I do everything the way granddad did in 1975, because I actually enjoy soil erosion and being old fashioned. Can you help me? I, yeah, I mean, we can help you. Can you get paid for carbon? No, not today, right? But can we help you? Yes, absolutely. And that is that is more, you know, what we are interested in the long-term journey of ecosystem service markets, which is what falls into the carbon market, right? We want to be able to help all farmers, rather they are just beginning on this soil health journey or they are 10 steps down the road, like one of your fellow extreme ag, um, you know, groups, or, uh, farmers, Kelly, Right. Like we want to be able to help anyone and everyone along that journey. And so if you are still doing all of those conventional practices, by all means, take the survey, say that you're interested in a soil health assessment. We can come pull some soil samples. We can create a soil health assessment for you and we can help you get to a point where eventually you can transact in carbon markets with us. You can transact in another ecosystem market. So absolutely. Yes. Okay. So I fill out the, regardless then, I fill this thing out and yeah. kind of, um, I remember once I thought maybe I should be a member of a country club and oh, okay. yeah, fill out the application and we'll get back to you. Is that basically what we're doing here? Are we basically just saying, <laughs> oh yeah, it's open anybody, but we're really screening. Like we're really absolutely like saying, oh yeah, like we'd ever have you in this group. Is that what we're doing here, Mariah? No, absolutely not. We we truly are you, are you, is it a little bit snobby is a little bit like <laughs> is it kind of exclusionary i mean it's like a country club with a pool like we'll kind of like let anyone into the pool i guess um no well, kind of like we, caddy shack they let the kids the caddies in for 15 minutes one time per summer and next thing you know there's turds floating around the pool so i mean you do have to be careful about who you let in right i i feel you yes and so from that standpoint we will take anyone but we'll also guide them along this journey right so we will we will help those that need to be helped along this journey but in all seriousness yes so you will you'll take the survey we will help you um once you once you've taken the survey if you qualify for that three-year look back um so if you've made a practice change in 2019 2020 or 2021 you're eligible okay and what i mean okay, by so that three, is it's three-year three-year look back <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's including this year or it's going back to 18 19 20. Nope. So it's 19, 20, and 21. 19, 20, 21. Okay. So that yep. include this one. Got it. Yep. Well, by the way, dear listener, we are recording this in late spring of 2022, just so you understand. So three-year look back does not include anything that's happened in this crop season at all. It's going to be the prior one. So I just want to let the, in case somebody's listening to this two years from now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you're listening in 2027, like please yeah. know. And, and if they're still listening <laughs> in 2027, a lot of stuff's going to change. So you know what? You should probably go to trueterraag.com and find out what the news thing is. Okay. For sure. Back three years and then go ahead. Okay. So if you, if you've made it through and you are, um, you've made it through the look back of three years, once you 
once you've done the survey, you get the three year look back, then you're going to go on what we call kind of the farmer journey. Okay. And the farmer journey is basically then going to give you an email that says, Hey, you're a great candidate for our carbon program. And then they're going to be directed to kind of our onboarding website. Okay. So if you're onboarding into our website, you're going to create an account, you're going to enroll your field. And then we're going to provide you an eligibility determination based off of that. So maybe you have seven fields that qualify and one field that doesn't. And we're also going to provide you a soft payment estimation. So you're going to know um, based on after this submission of fields, kind of what your payment estimation looks like. Hey friends, Damian Mason here, host of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. And I want to share something that I learned from Extreme Ag farmer and founder Kelly Garrett. He said to me once during a recording, feeding a plate of food to an unhealthy person who can't eat it is a waste of nutrition. We know he's right. Now apply that analogy to your crops. If your plants are stressed and unable to take up nutrients, applying more nutrients isn't the answer. That's why Kelly applies Agrison's Accomplish Max in furrow for stress mitigation to maximize his yields. Want healthier plants? Try Accomplish Max, exclusively available from Nutrien Ag Solutions. So, back up here, um, Mariah yeah. Murphy, Member Owner Engagement Director, uh, TrueTerra. Um, let's just go ahead and use me as an example. A uh, field behind my house right here where I'm sitting today, uh, it's in its fourth year of alfalfa. There was tillage done to establish the alfalfa. Alfalfa, though, is a uh, perennial, basically, for five years anyway. Um, no no tillage has been done. Um, uh, I would think that's really good. You get a bunch of cuttings off it, lots of carbon sequestration. Am I eligible? Because we're going and doing a three-year look back, 21, 20, and 19. It was in alfalfa. We used wheat as it started to get it going. And we haven't tilled it since 2018 when we got the whole thing established. Am I eligible for some sort of a carbon program through Truterra on alfalfa acres? Yes. So we can accept alfalfa. Um, so if you have, if you have done the exact um, scenario that you just described, right? So you said that you've had alfalfa in there for three years, right? Is that what you said? Okay. So, and you stopped tillage in 2018. Um, your first year of no-till was 2019. Absolutely, you would qualify on those acres. So we will accept alfalfa acres um, for the two-year and three-year look back. Okay. Now, at the end of the five years, usually you've got to do something, maybe no-till corn into it. But to reestablish alfalfa, we generally do use tillage. So I'm just curious from a personal standpoint, since we do use tillage, but we only do it usually about every five to six years to get alfalfa established, is that gonna kick me out of the program to get carbon money? It's not gonna kick you out of the program. Um, now, ideally, the whole premise of carbon is that you're actually going to be keeping that same practice in check for what we call permanence, right? So you're gonna try and keep the carbon permanently stored. And in that instance, you wouldn't actually be keeping the carbon permanently stored, okay, because you would be doing some form of tillage. So from that standpoint, if you were, you know, if you were going to do that, technically, you would not be eligible. Um, if you are going to do some form of tillage every four or five years. So if we're going to do tillage every four or five years, it probably precludes you from participating in this. Yeah, correct. Because the whole premise around carbon markets, I mean, is that 
all of these large organizations that are buying carbon offsets, they want to buy permanently stored carbon. Okay, and the only way that you can have permanently stored carbon is if you never till up the ground or release the carbon from from the soil. Got it. Makes sense. What about then the person that says, hey, this is cool and I'm about minimum tillage, but I I still have to do some level of tillage because whatever problem I, you know, geographically, soil type, whatever, if they do some form of tillage, they're probably not going to be eligible. Is that what I'm hearing? You can do some like seed bread prep. You can do some minimal tillage items and still qualify in the carbon market. Um, I think that is a myth that people always think like, oh my gosh, you have to be only no-till. Yeah. That's not actually accurate, right? Boom, by the way, you know what? There we got it. That was the thing I was looking for. <laughs> thing I was looking for. I wanted you to say that because I kind of was wondering then, all right, does that mean that uh, you've got to be 100% no-till? You're saying, nope, don't have to be 100% no. no-till. Don't have to be 100% yeah. regenerative. Don't have to, no. don't have to okay. That, that's definitely a myth, right? And I think that's where a lot of farmers get all um, up in arms about it. They feel like, oh my gosh, I have to fit into this one box. But that's not the reality where, you know, you have many different options that you can fit into. And as long as you are continuing to reduce the amount of tillage that you're doing, you're actually eligible for a carbon market. What um, What is the uh, investigation? You know, are you going to come out here just like getting like the FBI clearance? Are you going to be like asking my grandmother if I maybe drank beer during prom when I was underage? Is this what we're doing? Because you're doing a look back. What what yeah. happens if you do this look back? And by the yeah, way, so by the way, just, you know, I'll go ahead and admit it in case you find it out. Yes, I did drink beer. I think it was old <laughs> Milwaukee and I was eight years old. Thank wow. You. Old Milwaukee. You even went for like, just like really high quality. I yeah, mean, I mean old Milwaukee, uh, I, I'd say that that was kind of the, the beer of choice when I was in high school. Sure. I feel you. I feel five, you. Um, five 5.99 at 12, a case at uh, Walgreens. Go ahead. Uh, Walgreens even sounds like a deal. Um, you, you know, yeah. you're going to look back at my history and I mean, are we banging on the neighbor's doors and saying, Hey, he says that yeah. he's still in that field. Is he lying to us? Because, you know, some farmers might narc out the other farmer. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So verification is definitely part of the carbon market. We have what is called third-party verification. So you will see a lot of organizations that will say, we will pay you um, upon full completion of verification and data collection. What that means in the most simplest terms is basically they are going to have a third party, I'm gonna use the term really loosely, like auditor or fact checker, right? That's going to basically maybe do farmer interviews. They are going to just use some source of like NDVI imagery. It's possible that, you know, they, they, may, um, they may look at your data. They're not going to do that on every single farmer, but they're going to do it on a subset of farmers to make sure that the information that they are being provided that the information that we are providing is actually verified and basically fact-checked, right? I mean, they want to make sure that what they're buying is, is what they're getting. I like the term verified better than fact-checked because when I think fact-check, I think social media, uh, and it seems like a little, it's, a little, it's a little dirty pool, but uh, or maybe it has an agenda behind it. Let's talk about then how much work am I doing? I want to get this done. I like to make money, but if you're mm -hmm. going to give me a couple bucks an acre and it's going to take me, you know, 
two weeks of me digging up some sort of receipts to prove to you that I put the alfalfa in and the year, you know, fall of 18, it's going to get to where it's like, man, this ain't worth it. What do we yeah. talk about? What do I got to do after the initial filling out the survey thing? Yeah. So the key thing is we talk about baseline data. Okay. And so once you get into the program and you said, Hey, I have a three-year look back, you will have to provide baseline data. So in order for us to be able to say, Hey, um, you know, we need to, we need to see what your fields look like prior to the practice change. So prior to you adding cover crops or moving to a different tillage system, um, we actually need to be able to track that. And so we may be looking for three years of baseline data. We may need four years of baseline data. Um, it just depends on kind of what your actual full cropping rotation looks like. Um, so be prepared, number one, to provide, to provide baseline data. Number two, um, you don't really have to provide receipts, okay? And so I think that's also a misnomer that people are like, oh my gosh, I need receipts for cover crop seed. Not technically, right? <clears throat> what we are focused on is when did you plant the cover crop? When did you terminate the cover crop? How was it terminated? There's 34 to 35 specific data points that we're really looking for. Um, and all of the data points are going to be the same, no matter if you're working on baseline data or if you're working on your current year, your current year carbon data. So I, I think there's just a couple of things there that they're a little bit misnomers when it comes to the carbon market. So we are paying them basically on the total organic carbon or the additional carbon that they have sequestered, right? So once you make that practice change, <clears throat> I'm just gonna use no-till. Once you make a practice change to no-till, you're gonna start sequestering carbon. What we do at Truterra that is different than other organizations is we are actually going to pay you on that total organic carbon or that additional carbon stored, okay? Some organizations you will see, Damien, that are just paying on practice. So um, they may pay you $3 for cover crops. They may pay you $6 for tillage. Um, and they're just going to pay you on practice. What we do and what we believe is that farmers need to be paid and compensated for the actual carbon that they have been sequestering, not just paid on practice. Um, mostly because if you're sitting in Western Iowa and we pay you $3 on cover crops or we pay you $6 on tillage, <clears throat> you're quite in fact going to be leaving money on the table, okay? Um, in Iowa last year, we found that farmers were sequestering anywhere between 0.7 and one ton um, per acre. And so if you think about that, we're paying 20 to $25 a ton, right? You're gonna be getting anywhere between basically 18 and $25 an acre on your carbon. And so if you sign up with another program that is paying you $3 an acre, you're leaving a significant amount of money on the table. Yeah, so potentially 20 plus dollars per acre on the table. Okay, all right, we get going on this thing, but before we go on it, do I get, do, do you offer me the money? Do I, do I submit you my paperwork under the idea that I might get up to $25 per acre and then somebody says, ah, well, you're gonna get 17. Okay, I might still take the deal. Is this, before I sign anything, do I know what the numbers are? Do I know what the price is? Can totally. <clears throat> totally. So we will send you that soft offer. Okay. And then you will know even before going into full data collection. Yep. <clears throat> so up to this point, you will have just submitted your fields, your crop rotations. Um, then you're going to go into full data collection. Once you go to full data collection, soil samples, then you're going to go into final contracting phase. And that's when you can finally decide, yes, I'm going to sign, sign on the dotted line or not. Okay. And so you, you have a long ways to go before you actually have to commit to something.
Where's the money come from? So, <clears throat> great question. Um, whoa, the whoa, whoa. From... First compliment I've gotten from my girl, Mariah. <laughs> all right. Is this just true Terra money where they just said, let's just give money to farm people. We like this. Yeah, I think so. No, that's not it at all. Um, so or the is money... it really just true Terra is the spy branch of Lando Lakes and the because I maybe if I've maybe heard this from some farm people when I'm out here bopping around North America speaking engagements. Is it really just the spy arm of Lando Lakes saying we want to find out what's happening on America's acres? And once we get these people bought into our system for a few dollars per acre, we will control them. I have maybe heard that in different circles in my travels. Are you going to tell me the truth? Is this just that that creativity agency, Mariah? Yeah, that creativity is really that's great creativity. Um, the money is actually coming from organizations. Um, I can tell you, our first buyer was Microsoft, right? So Microsoft invested heavily in um, our soil health initiative and our soil health carbon initiative. Um, and so <clears throat> all of the money that we are giving to farmers is actually coming from purchasers of these offsets. This must be limited then. I mean, even at some point, Microsoft runs out of money, then what, then who? Yeah, so I use Microsoft as an example. I, I got it, so, not, so yeah, yeah. right. <clears throat> There's a few companies that are going to do this. There's other companies that ain't going to give money up for carbon unless they're required to by law. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so where do you see this going? Where do I see this going? Well, I think um, you just said unless they're required to by law. Um, I think that's a really important point. I, I don't think it's going to be a by law scenario, but I do think that it's going to be a really critical, uh, a really critical movement here, even in the next year or so. I don't know if you saw that the SEC just announced um, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago that they're going to be requiring anyone that falls within a certain uh, bracket of theirs, um, that they will have to have some sort of ESG plan on file, right? And publicly state that ESG plan. Um, so I, I don't anticipate that this is going to go away. There is billions of dollars being invested into this market every single day. The boardrooms are getting an enormous amount of pressure on the CEOs to actually uh, create these science-based target initiatives, make this, make these change happen. Um, and not only that, you know, I think that consumers are also a little bit curious about how, um, you know, or how to, how to make things more climate friendly or environmentally friendly. Uh, 25 bucks. Let's just use the number 25 bucks an acre. You used Western Iowa or our own Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag um, is doing carbon stuff. Uh, and we're going to get more of the Extreme Ag guys likely to do it. Um, but a couple of them are, are really uh struggling to get to that whole no-till or reduced till thing either way use number 25 bucks an acre that sounds like a pretty good number especially if it's not having to change many of my practices right now um is there an inflation index because right now we're at allegedly eight and a half percent of transitory inflation which we heard that a year ago and transitory is supposed to mean temporary. I believe the inflation's here for a while. I believe these land prices are probably going to plateau at some point, but right now they're up about 30% year over year. My diesel is up to almost six bucks a gallon was three bucks a year or two ago. 25 bucks an acre sounds okay now, three years from now. 
25 bucks an acre don't buy much. Is there an inflationary index? Is there a cost of living adjustment? Is this got a rent bump on it the way if I had a shopping center with the tenants? Tell me about the money. So I, I think that's a good point, right? And I think that our, that's one of the questions that I get asked the most is, do I think that we're gonna see a $100 carbon credit? Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, not for a bit. I, I don't think that, right? Um, today we're at $25 a ton. We are up $5 a ton from our, from our uh, previous offer that we just had in February. Yeah. Um, so things, <clears throat> things are escalating, but I'll be honest with you, the soil health carbon market is already the most expensive carbon market to invest in, okay? As we're talking about these 1,100 companies that have science-based target initiatives, soil health carbon- Wait, wait, wait. You said as we're talking about these 1,100, we hadn't yet, but that's a big number. There are 1,100 yeah. companies right now that are investing money in the carbon thing. Yeah. That's Not just carbon, but also, you know, climate in general. Okay, but there are, that are doing things like carbon offset payments. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good number right there because I'm sure that the listener is saying, okay, you talked about Microsoft as an example. How many companies are there? 1,100 so far. And like you said, seems to be societal investor shareholder pressure on more companies to, to be involved in this. So 25 bucks will possibly go up based on market prices. But if I sign up for 25 bucks right now, is that what I'm, I'm going to be locked in on? No. So the way that our contract works is a year by year market price. So next year, if the, if the price goes to 50, then you as the farmer are grandfathered into our program. Obviously you get 25 the first year, 50 the next year, maybe it drops back to 35. You get the market price. And how long, we, is, my, how long is my contract yeah, good for? Yeah. So what we do is we actually have a year by year contract. Okay. So we have a, a yearly contract but it has a five-year reporting tail, okay? So what that means is if you sign up for with us for one year, then you're going to commit to a five-year reporting tail, meaning that you're going to provide us the data and the insights that you have for that field for the next five years, right? Because we're still gonna continue to report for um, many years to an organization like Microsoft or others around that permanence that we talked about earlier. Okay. So I sign up right now and we're doing the three-year look back and then I'm committed to Truterra and the buyer of the carbon. My contract's with Truterra though. It's not with Microsoft or whatever. My contract's with you, correct? Right. Yeah. So the contract is, is with Truterra. We as Truterra contract with the farmer. Yep. Okay. So my contract's with you and it's, and I'm locked in or I, I, we've done the look back. How long again? How long is the look back? Three the agreement. Years. How long am oh. I in bed? I'm all, how long am I in bed with True Terra? Yeah. So it's a it's a one year contract with a five year reporting tail. Okay. So you're getting paid that one year with the option of a, of optionality. So every year you can get market price. Okay. But then every year you have a five year reporting tail. Okay. To go back. Um. <clears throat> right. No. 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 The five year reporting tail is basically going to has anyone ever talked to you about reporting tails? No. Okay. So the reporting tails is really important because that's the part <laughs> well, that I think- Well, it's about time we got to it. I'm <laughs> well, sitting I think here. It's, 
an ignorant hey. rube out here in Indiana, <laughs> and I'm asking the questions, and you you, you just pulled out reporting tail like I would know. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I live in this every day, right? So I, I'm sorry. So this is your sandbox, is... you're in it every day, and I'm yeah. trying to be the person asking the questions because this is new to me. So yes, reporting tale. So I knew the three-year look back. That made sense to me. And then... Yeah, the reporting tale is important because this is what a lot of organizations like fail to like provide. Like they, they forget to mention this to a lot of farmers, okay? They forget to disclose it. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're kind of... Uh, this happened to me once. I was on one of those record deals. Now, you're too young to remember this, but you only paid like one penny for your uh, Pablo Cruz album. Dear listener, wow. if, you, if you're in your mid-50s, you probably know what Pablo Cruz is. If you paid like one penny for a record deal on your Pablo Cruz album, and you're like, that's great, I got this album. Now I'm listening to like kind of disco-y rock, Pablo Cruz. And then the next week you get another album, you got to pay full price. Next, it's like It's like a screw deal because... You didn't know the deal. Am I going to sign up for something that I'm not sure of? Five-year reporting tale. Talk to me. So a five-year reporting tale. Um, so what that means is that you are basically committing to the organization that you signed the contract with, that you are going to continue to do the same practice that got you qualified for a carbon market for the duration of that reporting tale. Okay. So that means that even though you got paid for one year of carbon, you still are committing to doing five years of the same practice. So that way we can track all of the permanence in the carbon in the ground. Um, but then again, keep in mind every year you can continue to sell your carbon. So it's a five-year reporting tail, meaning we're just gonna continue to capture your data, but it's really important because it's, it's part of the contract that you sign and it's required. And that's, by the way, that's going from this point forward. Correct. Yeah, so I owe, I owe you my data for five years forward. By the way, on the payments, when I sign up with you now doing a three-year look back, what money do I get? Do I get money for 2019, 2020, and 2021? Yeah. So I get, I get $25 a, a ton. Let's just call it $25 an acre. Sure. I may, if I'm getting a ton an acre. So I get $25 an acre for 2019, 2020, 2021, and this year, 2022. So I'm going to get 100 bucks an acre right now. Yep. So you so you're gonna get the three year and one lump sum, and then 2022 will come later. <clears throat> so yep. you're gonna get the three lump sum. Yep. And then I might stay with it or I might not. And if I stay with it, I can I've got I've got to keep giving you information for the next five years, even if I don't stay with it. Right. And what if I don't? Do you come and take my money back? No. So that's one of the things that Land O'Lakes Central Chair has done exceptionally well. Um, we have tried to make the contract as farmer friendly as possible. Um, so we know that at times you may have mother nature events, things may be, um, you know, you may have to do some tillage and you may have to throw a field out or maybe you have to sell a farm. We are not going to ask for recourse on, on that, um, you know, on those acres because we want to be farmer friendly. We want to be farmer facing. Now that said, we also have a very high expectation that the farmer We'll continue to do that practice okay yeah. and so and you and, and you probably will because of the money and also yeah. once it's built once it's already going it's getting things going that are the pain and once it's already going you probably stay with it assuming the market price is competitive etc because it's like the same reason you stay with a, a deal but uh there's no given and and also we're still new at it you don't know if i mean you don't have you don't have 10 years of track record right now because we've only been doing this for what's true terra been a company for a couple of years right 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yes, definitely. I, you know, I think the key thing is like, we are trying to do what's best for the farmer. We are trying to keep the farmer's best interest at heart here. And, um, we know that there's a lot of uncertainties, a lot of complexities when it comes to the carbon market. And so we're trying to structure our contract in a way that is beneficial for not only, um, our ag retailers, but also our farmers. All right. What are the things that you, the ones we've already not covered, um, hesitancies, reluctancies, um, mis, misinformation where we're like, I'm not going to sign up for the carbon deal. I'll tell you why. Boom. What's, what do you think we haven't discussed or covered or clarified yet to help that person that's sitting on the fence but has reluctance because something they've been told? Yeah, I, you know, for me, one of the questions that always comes up is um, when farmers, I, I get this all the time, and that's why I'm bringing this up. Farmers tell me, well, I'm not going to help XYZ company meet their climate goals. Like, I'm not going to do that, right? And to me, if you're a farmer and you're sitting here and you're thinking more so about who the buyer is of these carbon offsets <clears throat> than you are about the, the ROI on your own operation, to me, that's a little bit one-sided, right? We have these organizations that are willing to invest in the farming communities and our rural economies, and they want to basically help and strengthen our livelihoods. Yes, they're using things for, for their organizations as well, but they're also investing in us as an agricultural community. And we really need to kind of embrace that. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, soil health carbon is the most expensive carbon market to actually participate in. Okay. So if you're, if you're sitting there and you're Microsoft and you're one of these organizations and you're saying, man, I need to meet these carbon goals. How am I going to do it? Right. The first answer for most of them probably isn't, I'm going to go work with a bunch of farmers that are going to make my life easy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And so, um, you know, from my standpoint, we should be thankful and embrace the fact that they want to invest in rural agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. And I've kind of heard that also. Um, but there's at some point, um, if you're looking at your business operation, you should look at ways to diversify income sources. And right now, yeah. commodity prices are really good. I know input prices are up, but for God's sakes, trust me, I was a kid in the 80s. I saw I saw farms down the road, third generation go belly up. Right now, you're not worried about diversification of income because you got really high priced uh, corn and soybeans and wheat, let's say. But there will be a time when you're going to say, boy, I'd, I'd really like some way to get $25 more per acre because there has been plenty of times when $25 per acre would have been your net margin and you'd have been happy with it. So that's a, that's a true story, a little history there for you. Hey, um, what did we not cover about this entire situation as we're talking about carbon, demystifying carbon markets and true terror? So additionality is the um, basically the idea that you are adding something to your operation, okay? And so in order to be part of one of these ecosystem market opportunities, you have to have some source of additionality. And that means that you are adding <laughs> cover crops, you are reducing tillage, adding no-till, um, yeah. you are adding something. And so that is basically the premise of all of these um, carbon markets today is around the option of additionality, okay? Yeah. Um, the other so thing, I, yeah, go ahead. I like that, that we now are explaining, you're talking about we're, we're, we're gonna stay with it for a bit longer and we gotta, we gotta do more is kind of what we're hearing here. You, you can't just sit on your laurels. You got to 
keep the thing, uh, keep, keep making it better. Yeah, that's the most critical piece, right? These organizations are paying for the carbon to be permanently stored. And that is ultimately what we as Truterra, Land Lakes, and the farmer are committing to do is keep the carbon permanently stored. Last question. I think it's the last <laughs> question, unless there's something else I've forgotten to ask. What does the farm operator right now need to know that we've not covered looking forward? Because I've been hearing about it for a while. I've had a number of companies, some of which want to, you know, send me stuff, uh, have a consultation, whatever. What is it that I'm not, what, is, what do I not know? What do we not, what thing is, is it that we need to know that we're not getting? What, what thing do we not cover? What question is it that yeah. we're not answering? I would say that just generally, you know, we're sitting here talking about carbon markets today. Okay. <clears throat> carbon markets are, are just one piece of sustainability. They are one piece of regenerative ag. And yep. while we're talking about carbon today, you know, it's very likely that we're going to be talking about water quality credits in the future. It's very likely that we're going to be talking about low carbon intensity grain, like all of these other opportunities are going to be coming down the pipeline as it relates to regenerative agriculture. But the key thing for all of these farmers is that they have to have baseline data, okay? And so if you don't have a place for your data to be stored, um, you know, that's important. And if you wanna participate in these marketplaces, that's something that you need to strongly consider. How are you going to do that? Who are you going to work with? Find someone that you can trust. Uh, baseline data, start doing that. Yeah. You, should, you should have that anyhow. If you're a modern, progressive, success-minded farmer listening here to the cutting the curve and keeping up with the great stuff we're doing extreme ag, you're already in that camp where you, you know that. And you're already looking at your production. And now it's going to be a question of, are you doing things that can help you get qualified? And if you're out here, you know, tilling, 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 it's going to probably hurt you a little bit. But if you're reducing your tillage and uh, implementing a few practices, it can help you obviously get your score, your approval, whatnot. Uh, you want to have cropping records. You got to be willing to let people do a look back of three years, not just this year, but meaning the prior three cropping years. Um, if you do cover crops, you're probably going to bump to the head of the class. I think I'm hearing if you're a no-till <laughs> using cover crops, you're going to be bumping the head of the class, right? Yeah, you, you're definitely going to be sequestering carbon out of And I'm more sitting rest. here at my farm in Indiana, and I know things are going to be different in, say, western Kansas than they would here based on climatological reasons, but you gave me a number of about 0.7 to 1 ton of carbon capture per uh, acre, and you're selling that carbon credit off for about 25, 25 bucks an acre in 2022 rates right now. So 25 bucks uh, an acre I could get. Um, I, I think. I do think... I do think it's important though, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think it's important because I just have to do this, that the 0.7 to one ton, right? That is very much what we saw in Iowa last year. If you are in Western Kansas, you're exactly right. You're going to see more of like a 0.3 to 0.4. If you're in Indiana, it's going to be more of like a 0.6 to 0.8. Okay. And so the key thing to know is that it's very variable. You know, I don't like the location. fact that you just basically told me that Iowa is better than me. Um, I'm sorry. I have to do that because that's the truth when it comes to carbon markets. Iowa I is. That you are being subjective versus objective because you yourself are an Iowa <laughs> native and resident. And I think that you're letting some of your personal biases shine through them, right? I'm quite certain that if Kelly Garrett's farm can sequester carbon, so can mine. And I, there is no doubt. He, he does no get doubt. more square foot per acre, though. And you're saying, how can that be? 
he has slopes that are like 35%. So he's getting oh, I'm more aware. surface area per acre out there than I am out here on my flatter ground. So there's, there, maybe there's that. I don't know. I mean, you can take it up with him though, and he can tell you how much better he is. Uh, we we've we've gotten nearly physical before me and Kelly. I have to remind <laughs> him that I was the ninth I, I was the ninth best soil judger in the country in 1987, and uh, you know that, that that keeps him at bay. Hey, um, I think we've got everything. In about a year, this is going to continue to evolve. We're pretty still. We're not wild west, but we're pretty damn close to the wild west. Can we agree on that? Pretty close. So in one year, you want to come back and tell me the updates and what's changed because one year from now, we're gonna have our farm operators that say, I started doing this and it's not it, it's not exactly what Mariah told me it was because it's changed. Cause that's probably gonna happen, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's most definitely gonna happen. I, you guys have worked in this for four years and what I was talking about four years ago is not even on the same page of what I'm talking about today. So definitely, you know, you need to keep having these check-ins and we need to keep updating people because this is one of the fastest moving pieces of the ag industry that I've ever worked in. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is there, you know, well, we've got the technology and we've got all kinds of things from autonomous machinery to drone technology, to new genetics, to the biologicals that we're using to replace chemistry. That's mm -hmm. really, there's exciting stuff going on in ag. And I, I say all the time that there's going to be more change in the next uh, 10 years in ag than there was in the last 100. The last 100 has more change than happened in the first 10,000. That's a true story. Part of that's going to be this stuff right here, this climate-oriented uh, payment. And, you know, I, I think that right now to that farmer that you said doesn't, they're, they're bristly. I don't want to, I don't want to help out Bill Gates. All right. I get that. Whatever. But I would rather be getting money to do things that help my soil and do it in a voluntary fashion than the government comes to us and says, well, you know what, you have this many acres and we as an administration say that we're going to set these climate goals, um, you're going to do this. So I, I think I'd still like the idea that it appears to be more free market capitalism at, by choice right now than by decree. Yep, I could not agree more. And that's, in fact, you know, something that the EU has struggled with a little bit because we are we're operating in sort of this voluntary market. Um, they're operating in more of a regulatory market. Um, so all of your comments are spot on. We definitely want to make sure that we're staying down the path of the voluntary. And not just about that, Mariah. I think if you looked at any comment uh, ever in my life, they would all be spot on like that. But we're just talking about <laughs> right now. Um, your name is Mariah Murphy. If people want to learn more about this, because you are the obvious resource here, let's face it. How do they get a hold of you to find out more about this specifically? Not just going to trueterraag.com, which I'm sure they can all do. You would encourage them to go to trueterraag.com, yes. but to find you. Uh, yeah, most certainly you can reach out to me and my email address is mkmurphy at landolakes.com. mkmurphy at yes. landolakes.com. Com. Um, and they can go to TrueTerra, T-R-U-T-E-R-R-A, ag.com. Last comment, leave it to you. What do I need to uh, know? You know, I just would say thank you for the opportunity. Um, I hope you guys have learned something today. I hope that you, you know, you've gotten some questions answered. If you need anything at all, reach out to Kelly, reach out to Damien, um, reach out to myself, and we're happy to help.
Yeah, that's the cool thing. Kelly Garrett, also, if you're an Extreme Egg uh, listener, follower, subscriber, has been doing carbon. And that's, in fact, how he and I met. I read about him in the Wall Street Journal uh, two years ago and hunted them down and said, I want to talk to you because I want to learn more about this. So that's how we met. And that's how I actually became involved with Extreme Egg because of my involvement with Kelly. Her name is Mariah Murphy. My name is Damian Mason. This is Cutting the Curve from Extreme Ag. Check out all of our other great, informative, and insightful stuff over at extremeag.farm. Till next time, close you out with a little Pablo Cruz. Thank you. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out extremeag.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Oh,